Yeah, because someone went note crazy. I'm not someone that someone is me. I'm them bitches. Yeah, you. <laughs> I am them bitches. <laughs> Some bitch went crazy. I'm bitches. I'm bitches. <laughs> So welcome, uh, our fine furry friends, to episode 41 of True North Witches. Uh, one little housekeeping and, uh, thing. And first up, we got our tarot reading. Actually, what? I'm going to do a little housekeeping because um, literally we need those question and answers in within the next, like, 10 weeks, please, please. people. If you want to ask our significant others, our, our loves of our other halves, any questions, you need to get those questions in. This is housekeeping. You need to get those questions in, okay? Because um, if not, we're going to make up questions that they're going to answer, which, you know, isn't as fun, right? <clears throat> it's much more fun if you guys give them some weird, random, and obscure questions that they have to answer. So, yeah. Um, first up, we have Brooke. Uh, doing our tarot reading, and I am our witchy fact of the day. Yes. Okay. So our tarot poll of the day is the Five of Wands. And for those of you who actually read this card in reverse, um, it is in reverse. For those of you who don't, like usual, I'll give both the upright and the reversed. And uh, if you, like me, uh, read your cards intuitively, uh, five of wands upside down. Um, so upright, the five of wands means conflict, disagreements, competition, tension, and diversity. And reversed, it means inner conflict, conflict avoidance, and tension release, which is great. So I am the witchy fact of the day um, after, as, as we go on our um, tangents that we do go on. So two facts. My first fact is, um, you know, the upside down crosses that we see in horror films. They're super great. However, not a symbol of demonic possession. Oddly enough, the you know, media lied to us. Um, this is, the upside down cross is actually the St. Peter's cross, a symbol of Christianity. And St. Peter felt that he was not worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus or Christ was. So he was crucified upside down. So no, it does not mean um, something evil. Nor is it really, uh, you know, not that they like people should have um, crosses up in their houses anyways, because that's considered an idol. But uh, yeah, no, the upside down one isn't evil. I mean, in the picture that I'm looking at, it has the satanic one right here in front of me. Looks nothing like it. In uh, fact, two, Hecate. It has been going around, and this is the misinformation that I mean, um, that's going around. It's, people are saying that you need to ask um, Hecate's permission to um, practice witchcraft. <gasps> yes, oh my God. Even if you're not, like, if even if you don't follow her, that is incorrect. So, Hecate, you don't need her permission to practice witchcraft, even if you're following her. You do not need her permission to practice witchcraft. I, I'm going to add, you can do that all on your own. You're big I'm gonna people. Add a little fun fact to Stephanie's fun fact about the crosses, though. You're gonna add a tidbit. I'm going to add a tidbit. Crosses are used yes. in Christianity, whereas crucifixes, like the ones you see with Jesus' yes. figure on it, are for Catholicism. Yes. You see them mainly in Catholicism rather than... For exorcism, yes. yes. But here's the thing. Like I said, they are considered an idol. This week's episode, we're doing it a little differently. We're doing it more like a double trouble than your regular run-of-the-mill um we have chosen a topic it's not an opinionated topic but it is a topic with a lot of a lot of stuff so, yeah so we've decided to 
double team it and do it together. Yeah, because someone went note crazy. I'm that someone that someone is me. I'm them bitches. Yeah, you. <laughs> I am them bitches. <laughs> Some bitch went crazy. I'm bitches. Me. I'm bitches. <laughs> to be fair, for those of we haven't introduced it yet, we are doing runes. And there yep. are more than just one type of rune. Like, <clears throat> the runes that you use in witchcraft, um, most the generic ones that you tend to use are just one of many different types of runes that are in existence. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. is more than one. And uh, we're, we're actually going to talk a little bit about them. Um, they are more of an Anglo-Saxon version, but there are, like, we're just going to talk about a few, but there are, like, hundreds of them. Yeah. Runes. <laughs> so runes are the letters in a set of related alphabets known as the runic alphabet, which were used to write various Germanic languages before the adoption of the Latin alphabet and for specialized purposes thereafter. The Scandinavian variants are also known as the Futhark or Fupark, derived from their first six letters of the alphabet, F-U, um, squiggly line, A, R, and K. <laughs> the Anglo-Saxon variant is Futhark uh, or Fupork. Did you sound changes undergone in Old English by the, by the names of those six letters? Runology is the study of the runic alphabets, runic inscriptions, rune stones, and their history. Runology forms a specialized branch of Germanic linguistics. Are you reading along? Yes. The earliest runic inscriptions date from around 150 AD. (laughs) The characters were generally replaced by the Latin alphabet as the cultures that had used runes underwent Christianization. By approximately 700 AD in Central Europe, and 1100 AD in Northern Europe. However, the use of runes persisted for specialized purposes in Northern Europe. Until the early 20th century, runes were used in rural Sweden for decorative purposes in Dalarna and on runic calendars. The three best known runic alphabets are the Elder Futhark around 150 to 800 AD, the Anglo-Saxon uh, Futhark, 400 to 1100 AD, and the younger Futhark from 800 to 1100 AD. The younger Futhark is divided further into the long branch runes, also called Danish, um, although they were also used in Norway, Sweden, and Frisia. Um, a short branch or rook runes, also called Swedish Norwegian, although they were also used in Denmark, and this of Losa or Helsing's runes. The younger Futhark developed further into the medieval runes uh, and the declaration of runes. No, declarian. Sorry, declarian. Whew. Historically, the runic alphabet is a derivi- derivation of the old italic scripts uh, of antiquity with the addition of some invocation innovations which variant uh, of the old italic branch in particular gave rise to the runes is uncertain. Suggestions include Aratic, Ventic, Etruscan, or Old Latin as candidates. At the time, all of these scripts had the same angular letter shape suited for um, epigraphy, epigraphy, yeah, um, which would become characteristics of the runes. The process of transmission of the script is unknown. The oldest inscriptions are found in Denmark and Northern Germany. A West Germanic um, hypothesis suggests transmissions via Elbe Germanic groups, while a Gothic hypothesis presumes transmissions via East Germanic exception. Take it away, Brooke. I'm going, I'm going. Uh, history and use. Uh, the runes were in use among the Germanic people from the 1st or 2nd century AD. 
This period corresponds to the late common Germanic stage linguistically with a continuum of dialects not yet clearly separated into the three branches of later centuries, North Germanic, West Germanic, and East Germanic. Lost my spot. No distinction is made in servicing runic inscriptions between long and short vowels, although such a distinction was certainly present uh, phonologically in the spoken languages of the time. Similarly, there are no signs for labiovelars in the Elder Futhark. Such signs were introduced in both the Anglo-Saxon Futhark and the Gothic alphabet as variants of P. The term runes is used to distinguish these symbols from Latin and Greek letters. It is attested on the sixth century Almanac Almanac (coughs) rune staff as a- Almanac. Almanac. It's two N's though. Let me see one second. Where where, where are you? We are struggling. Almanac. Okay, it is attested on a 6th century Alemannic rune staff as runa and possibly as runo on the 4th century Ianag stone. Again, we do apologize if we get any of these words incorrect. Uh, English is our first language and um, not much else. The name comes from the Germanic root rune, Gothic runa, runa, meaning secret or whisper. In Old Irish Gaelic, the word rune means mystery, secret, intention, or affection, love, or affectionate love. Similarly, in Welsh and Old English, the word rin or rune uh, specifically means mystery, secret, secret writing, or sometimes in the in the extreme sense of the word miracle, uh, words, ogum is an older Celtic script uh, from Ireland and Britain, similarly carved into stone or wood. The rune can also be found in the Baltic languages, meaning speech. In Lithuania, oh my goodness, forgotten N, pardon me, Lithuania, I have no idea where you're, oh, Lithuania, thank you, Uh, runoti means both to cut with a knife and to speak, according to another theory, the Germanic root comes from the Indo-European root ding, the Finnish term for rune. I'm sorry, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. Rimukir Jane. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> means scratched letter. The Finnish word runo means poem and comes from the same source as the English word rune. It is a very old loan of the Proto-Germanic Runo letter lecture secret. Hmm. Okay. So um, origins, the um, Elder Futhark. The formation of the Elder Futhark was complete by the early 5th century, with the Clearvis stone being the first evidence of the Futhark ordering, as well as the P rune. Specifically, the Horatic alphabet, or Bolzano is often advanced as a candidate for the origin of the runes, with only five Elder Futhark runes, um, having no counterparts in the Bolzano alphabet. um, Scandinavian scholars tend to favor derivation from the Latin alphabet itself over the Raetic candidates. Um, A North Etruscan thesis is supported by the inscription on the Nigeo helmet dating to the second century BC. This is an uh, northern Etruscan alphabet but features a Germanic name, Hergast. Um, Giuliano and Larissa von Fant suggest that runes derived from some North Italic alphabet, specifically the Venetic, but since Romans conquered Veneto, 
after 200 BC. Uh, and then the Latin alphabet became prominent and Venetic culture diminished in importance. Germanic people could have adopted the Venetic alphabet within the third century BC or even earlier. The angular shapes of the runes are shared with most con contemporary alphabets of the period that were used for carving in wood or stone. There are no horizontal strokes when carving a message on a flat staff or stick. It would be uh, along the grain, thus both less legible and more likely to split the wood. This characteristic is also shared by other alphabets such as the early form of the, of the Latin alphabet used for the Duenos inscription. But it is not a universal, especially among early runic inscriptions, which frequently have variant rune shapes, including horizontal strokes. Runic manuscripts um, that is written rather than carved in carved runes, such as a codec, Codex Runicus, also known as the horizontal strokes. The West Germanic hypothesis speculates on an introduction by West Germanic tribes. This hypothesis is based on claiming that the earliest inscriptions of the second and third centuries found in dot bogs and graves around Jutland um, exhibit word endings that being interpreted by the Scandinavian scholars to be proto-Norse are considered unresolved and long having been the subject of discussion. Inscriptions such as Waginja, Nipijo, and Harija was, are supposed to represent tribe names, tentatively purposed to be um, Vanginos, the Nidisis, and the Hari tribes located in the Rhineland. Since names ending in IO reflect Germanic morphology, representing the Latin ending of IUS, and the suffix INIUS was reflected by Germanic um, in Neo. The question of the problem, problematic ending of EGO in masculine Proto Norse would be resolved by assuming Roman Rhineland influences. While the awkward ending of a um, of the La Gruffoi may be solved by accepting the fact that the name may indeed be West Germanic. The early runic period differences between Germanic languages are generally presumed to be small. Another theory presumes a Northwest Germanic unity preceding the emergence of the Proto-Norse proper uh, from roughly the fifth century. An alternative suggestion explaining the impossibility of classifying in the earliest inscriptions as either North or West Germanic, as forwarded by uh, an E.A. McCabe, who presumes a special runic co coin. An early literary Germanic employed by the entire light common Germanic linguistic community after the separation of Gothic, second to fifth century, while the, while the spoken dialect may already have been more diverse. Early inscriptions, runic inscriptions from the 400 year period uh, 150 to 550 AD are described as period one. These inscriptions are generally in elder food arc, but the set of letter shapes and uh, bind runes employed is far from standardized. Notably, the J, S, and N runes undergo considerable modifications, while others such as P and I remain uh, unattested altogether prior to the fir first full Futhark row on the Kylver stone, uh, which is uh, circa 1480. Artifacts such as spearheads or shield mounts have 400 AD. 400 AD. Did I not um, say 400? You said 1400. It's, oh, it's, it's 400 AD. Yes, thank you. You said 1400. <laughs> it's one of those days. Mercury is in retrograde. I blame Mercury in retrograde. Uh, circa 400 AD. Artifacts such as spearheads or shield mounts have been found that, that bear runic markings that may be dated to 200 AD, as evidenced by artifacts found across Northern Europe in Schwig, Northern Germany, Finn, Saland, 
Finland, which is Denmark, and Skane, which is Sweden. Again, I apologize. I'm probably butchering, butchering every single one of these. Earlier, but less uh, reliable artifacts have been found in Meldorf, Sudermarsken, northern Germany. <laughs> these include brooches and combs found in graves, most notably the Meldorf fibula, and are supposed to have the earliest markings resembling runic inscriptions. Theories of the existence of separate Gothic runes have been advanced, even identifying them as the original alphabet from which the Futhark are, were derived, but these have little support in archaeological findings, mainly the spearhead of Kovel uh, with its right-to-left inscription, its T-shaped Tiwas, and its rectangular uh, dages. Dages? Yeah. If they're if there ever were genuinely Gothic runes, they were soon replaced by the Gothic alphabet. The letters of the Gothic alphabet, however, as given by the Alcuin manuscript, 9th century, are obviously related to the names of the Futhark. The names are clearly Gothic, but it is impossible to say whether they are as old as the letters themselves. A handful of elder Futhark inscriptions were found in Gothic territory, such as the third to fifth century Ring of Piotrasa. The, the Encyclopedia Britannica even suggests the original development of the runes may have been due to the Goths. All right, magical people. So magical or divinatory uses. Now, I've been trying to learn how to use runes, use runes for like ever, and I'm, I'm still very unsuccessful, but I do like making them. I have a set of yours, and I appreciate them greatly. The stanza 157 of the Himali attributes to runes the power to bring that which is dead back to life. Uh, in this stanza, Odin recounts a spell so Odin recounts a spell, the earliest runic inscription found on artifacts give the name of either the craftsman or the proprietor, or sometimes remain a linguistic mystery. Due to this, it is possible that the early runes are not used as so much as a simple writing system, but rather as a magical science to be used for charms. Although some say the runes were used for divination, there is no direct evidence to suggest they were ever used in this way. The name rune itself um, is taken to mean secret, something hidden. Uh, it seems to indicate that the knowledge of the runes was originally considered esoteric or restricted to an elite. Um, the sixth century, oh geez, what kind of words you got in here? Your runestone, <laughs> sure. <laughs> in Proto-Norse using the word rune in both senses, which, you know, which is great. So uh, I'm not going to try and translate what was what's written here myself. Uh, I'm just going to skip to the part where it's translated into English. Uh, I'm I master of runes, conceal here runes of power incessantly, plagued by maleficence, doomed to insidious death. Is he who breaks this monument? I prophesy destruction. Prophecy of destruction. Destruction. Um, so the fact that there's no evidence that runes were used for divination at all makes me think that um, they're a perfect uh, example of people um, using them based on uh, what comes to them. Do you know what I mean? Intuition. Yes, that's what I mean. So charm words such as Aoja, Lapu, Lakar, and most commonly Alu appear on a number of migration period elder Luther conscriptions, as well as variants and abbreviations of them. Much speculation study has been produced on the potential meaning of these inscriptions. Rhyme, um, rhyming groups appear on some early uh, brackets that also may be magical in purpose, such as the Salusu and the Iwatawu. Further, an inscription on the Gumparum stones, which is circa 500-700 AD, is a cryptic inscription describing the use of three runic letters followed by the elder Futhark Ephrun written three times in succession. Nevertheless, it has proven difficult to find unambiguous traces of runic oracles. Although Norse literature has 
full of references to runes. It nowhere contains specific instructions on divinations. There are at least three sources of divination with rather vague descriptions that may or may not refer to runes. Um, the first source is the Tactus Germania, describing signs chosen in groups of three and cut from uh, a nut-bearing tree. <clears throat> Although the runes do not seem to have been in use at the time of, the, of those writings, a second source is the Yiling Saga, where Garmanar, uh, the king of Borderland, goes to Upulsa with the blow blow there the chips way that said that he would not live long. So the chips could be referring to the rune, which was marked possibly with sacrificial blood, shaken and thrown down like dice, on their positive or negative significance then decided. <laughs> the third source is the reverence beta in and Sagara, where there is three accounts of what some believe to be the use of runes for divinations. But Rimbert calls it drawing lots. One of these accounts is the description of how a renegade, Swedish king, first brings a Danish fleet to Burka, but then changes his mind and asks the Danes to draw lots. According to the story, this drawing of lots was quite informative, telling them that attacking Burka would bring bad luck and that they should attack a Slavic town instead. The tool in the drawing of lots, however, is easily explained as a... Um, lot twig, which according to uh, Foote and Wilson would be used in the same manner as a block spin. Sure. What's a block spin? I think lack that's of one extensive of those knowledge and historical uses of the runes <laughs> has not stopped modern authors from ex extrapolating entire systems of divination from what seem specific, what few specific exist. Usually loosely based on the reconstruction, reconstructed names of the runes and additional outside influences. A recent study of runic magic suggests that runes were used to create magical objects such as amulets, but not in a way that would indicate the runic writing was any more inherently magical than were other writing systems such as Latin or Greek. Medieval use. Medieval uses. All yeah. Medieval use as Proto-Germanic evolved into its later language groups. The words, bleh, the words assigned to the runes and the sounds represented by the runes themselves began to diverge somewhat, and each culture would create new runes, rename and rearrange its rune names slightly, or stop using obsolete runes completely. To accommodate these changes, Thus, the Anglo thus to accommodate these changes. Thus, the Anglo-Saxon uh, Futhork has several runes uh, peculiar to itself to represent uh, diphthongs unique or uh, unique to or at least prevalent in the Anglo-Saxon dialect. Nevertheless that the younger Futhark has 16 runes, while the elder Futhark has 24, is not fully explained by the 600-some years of sound changes that had occurred in the North Germanic language group. The development here might seem rather astonishing since the younger form of the alphabet came to use fewer different rune signs at the same time as the de development of the language led to a greater number of different phonemes than had been present at the time of the older Futhark. For example, voiced and unvoiced consonants merged in the spoken language increased from 1100 AD. This disadvantage was eliminated in the medieval runes, which again increased the number of different signs to correspond with the number of phones, phonemes in the language. Some later runic finds are on monuments, runestones, which often contain solemn inscriptions about people who died or performed great deeds. 
For a long time, it was presumed that this kind of great inscription was the primary use of runes and that their use was associated with a certain societal class of rune carvers. In the mid 1950s, however, approximately 670 inscriptions known as the Rigen inscriptions were found in Bergen. These inscriptions were made on wood and bone, often in the shape of sticks of various sizes and contained inscriptions of an everyday nature ranging from name tags, prayers, often in Latin, personal messages, business letters, and expressions of affection to body phrases of uh, profane and sometimes even a vulgar nature. Following this find, it is nowadays commonly presumed that at least in late use, runic was a widespread and common writing system. In the later Middle Ages, runes were also used in the clog omnax, uh, sometimes called runic staff, prim, or Scandinavian, Scandinavian calendar of Sweden and Estonia. Estonia? Estonia sounds better. The authentic, uh, authenticity of some monuments bearing runic inscriptions found in Northern America is disputed. Most of them have been dated to modern times. And runes in Edict lore is for you, my love. I hear it. Oh, Bruce. Okay, so runes, runes in Edict lore. Um, in Norse mythology, the runic alphabet is a test to a divine origin, um, which is Old Norse, the Ragnar. This is attested as early on as as early as on the Nobly runestone from six circa six hundred A.D. that reads Runo Tojka, meaning I prepare the suitable divine rune. And an attestation from the ninth century onto the Sperlosen runestone, which reads. Okay, Rar Hunar or Rogi Kundu, meaning please <laughs> don't shoot me with the pronouncing it wrong, uh, and interpret the runes of divine origin. In the poetic Ida poem of Amal, stanza 80, the runes also are described as the Ragnikunir. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> In the Poetic Eda poem, Rixpula, another origin is related of how the runic alphabet became known to humans. The poem relates how Rig, identified as Hindal in their introduction, served three sons, Thrall, meaning slave, Churl, meaning freeman, and Jarl, meaning noble, by human women. These sons became the ancestors of the three classes of humans indicated by their names. When Jarl reached an age when he began to handle weapons and show other signs of nobility, Rig returned and having claimed him as a son, taught him to the runes in 1555. The exiled Swedish archbishop um, Olaus Magnus recorded a tradition that a man named Ketil Runska had stolen three rune staffs from Odin and learned the runes on their magic. Runic tag Yorit. Yay! Tag I meant. Runic alphabets. Elder Futhark, which was from the 2nd to 8th centuries, uh, the Elder Futhark, uh, used for writing Proto-Norse, consists of 24 runes that, are, that often are arranged in three groups of eight. Each group is referred to as an at. Uh, the earliest known sequential listings of the full set of 24 runes dates to approximately AD 400 and is found on the Kylver stone in Gotland, Sweden. Most probably each rune had a name chosen to represent the sound of the rune itself. The names are however, not directly attested to the elder Futhark themselves. Reconstructed names in Proto-Germanic have been produced based on the names given for the runes in their uh, later, alphabet, later alphabets attested in the rune poems and the linked names of the letters of the Gothic alphabet. The letter A was named from the group that the runic letter uh, called 
and Swedes. An asterisk before the rune names means that they are unattested uh, reconstructions. The 24th elder Futhark runes are Anglo-Saxon, uh, sorry, unattested reconstruction. Anglo-Saxon runes, which are the 5th century to 11th centuries. The Futhark, sometimes written Futhark, are an extended alphabet consisting of 29 and later 33 characters. It was probably used from the 5th century onwards. There are competing theories as to the origins of the Anglo-Saxon Futhark. One theory uh, proposes that it was developed in Frisia and later spread to England. Well, another holds that Scandinavian intro Scandinavians introduced runes to England, where the Futhark was modified and exported to Frisia. Some examples of Futhark inscriptions are found on the Thames Scramasks in the Vienna Codex in Cotton Otho and on the Ruthwell Cross. The Anglo-Saxon rune poems gives the following characters and names. Fio, Ur, Thorn, Os, Rad, Sen, Gifu, Pien, Hegal, Nid, Is, Gir, Eo, Pirfu, Itha, Zigal, Tyr, York, A, Man, Lagu, Ing, Ethio, Dig, Ak, Isk, Ear, Eor, and Ear. Extra runes attested uh, to outside of the rune poem include Hurard, Calc, Gar, and Stan. Some of these additional letters have only been found in manuscripts. Fjord, Thorn, and Seagull stood for F, uh, your little P, and S in most environments, but voiced as V, O, and Z between vowels or voiced consonants. Gifu and Win stood for the letters Yo and Win, which became G and W in Middle English. Uh, macromanic runes, which were from the 8th century to 6th centuries, a runic alphabet consisting of a mixture of Elder Futhark, which Anglo-Saxon Futhark is recorded in a treatise called the Invention Literarum, ascribed to Rabenus Morris, and preserved in 8th and 9th century manuscripts, mainly from the southern part of the Carolingian Empire. The manuscript text attributes the runes to the Macromani, Kios, no, Nordmanos, Vokamas, and hence traditionally the alphabet is called Macromanic runes. It has no connection with the Macromani and rather is an attempt of Carolingian scholars to represent all letters of the Latin alphabets with runic equivalents. Wilhelm Grimm discussed these runes in 1821. Younger Futhark uh, from the 19th, sorry, from the 9th to the 11th centuries. The younger Futhark, also called Scandinavian Futhark, is a reduced form of the elder Futhark, consisting of only 16 characters. The reduction correlates with phonic changes when Proto-Norse evolved into Old Norse. They are found in Scandinavian and Viking Age settlements abroad, probably in use from the 19th century onward, or sorry, the 9th century onward. They are divided into long branch Danish and short twig Swedish and Norwegian runes. The difference between the two versions is a matter of controversy. A general opinion is that the difference between them was functional. Medieval runes from the 12th century to the 15th centuries. In the Middle Ages, the younger Futhark in Scandinavia 
was expanded so that it once more contained one sign for each uh, phoneme of the Old North language. A dotted variance of voiceless signs were introduced to denote the corresponding voiced consonants or vice versa. Voiceless variants of voiced consonants and several new runes also appeared for vowel sounds. Inscriptions in medieval Scandinavian runes show a large number of variant rune forms and some letters such as S, C, and Z were often used interchangeably. Medieval, Medieval runes were in use until the 15th century. Of the total number of Norwegian runic inscriptions preserved today, most are medieval runes. Notably, there more than 600 inscriptions using these runes have been discovered in Bergen since the 1950s, mostly on wooden sticks, the so-called Bergen inscriptions. These indicates This indicates that runes were in common use side by side with the Latin alphabet for several centuries. Indeed, some of the medieval runic inscriptions are written in Latin. Dalekarian rune, runes, 16th to 19th centuries. According to Carl Gustav Werner, in the isolated province of Blernen in Sweden, a mix of runes and Latin letters developed. A, a Dalekarian Carolian, wow, words, words. The Dalekarian runes came into use in the early 16th century and remained in some use up until the 20th century. Some discussion remains on whether their use was an unbroken tradition throughout this period or whether people in the 19th and 20th centuries learned runes from books written on the subject the character inventory was unused mainly for trans was sorry the character inventory was used mainly for transcribing academic study the modern study of runes was initiated during the renaissance by a jo- uh, jones burroughs bruce viewed runes as holy or magical in a kabbalistic in a kabbalistic the city of runes was continued by Olaf Riddick, senior, and presented in his collection um, Atlantica. Further extended the science of runes and traveled around the whole of Sweden to examine the rune stinar from the golden age of philology. In the 19th century, runology formed a specialized branch of Germanic linguistics. The largest group of surviving runic inscriptions are the Viking Age Younger Uther, for instance, commonly found in Denmark and Sweden. Another large group um, are medieval runes, most commonly found on small objects, often wooden sticks. The largest concentration of runic inscriptions are the Bregon inscriptions found in Bergen, more than 650 in total. Elder Futhark inscriptions number around 350, and about 260 of which are from Scandinavia, uh, and of which about half are on the Brechtitis Anglo-Saxon Futhark inscriptions number around 100 times. Modern uses. Runic alphabets have been seen numerous uses since the 18th century. Viking revival, Scandinavian Roman, uh, Romantic nationalism, Germanic occultism in the 19th century, and in the context of the fantasy genre and of Germanic neo-paganism in the 20th century. Esotericism, Germanic mysticism, and Nazi symbolism. The pioneer... Right? The pioneer of the Arminist branch of Eros... See? It's Aerosophis. 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 I got it. And one of the more important figures in the esotericism in esotericism in Germany and Australia. And sorry, let's try that one again. And one. Not Australia. What are you talking about? (laughs) 
esotericism in Germany and Austria. In the late 19th and early 20th century was the Austrian occultist, mysticist, and wolkish author, Guido von Liszt. Uh, in 1908, he published in Das Germanis der Runen, The Secret of the Runes, in a set of 18 so-called Armenian runes based on the younger Futhark and runes of Liszt's own introduction, which allegedly were revealed to him in a state of temporary blindness after cataract operations on both eyes in 1902. That sounds terrifying. Just saying. Yes, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The use of runes in Germanic mysticism notably lists Armenian runes and the derived, I never get this one right, Willigat runes by Carl Maria Willigat played a certain role in Nazi symbolism. The fascination with runic symbolism was mostly limited to Henrik Himmler and was not shared by the other members of the Nazi top elect. Echelon. Consequently, echelon. It's echelon. Echelon. Thank you. Uh, Consequently, runes appear mostly in insignia associated with the SS. The sorry, the paramilitary organization led by Himmler. Willigat is credited with designing the SLSS. The SS Ekron Ring, which displays a number of Willigate runes. All right, modern neo-paganism and esotericism. Runes are popular in Germanic neo-paganism and to a lesser extent in other forms of neo-paganism and new age esotericism. Various systems of runic divination have been published since the 1980s, notably by Ralph Bloom and Stephen Flowers, um, Stephen Grundy, and Nigel Pinnock. The Uther theory originally was proposed as a scholarly hypothesis by Sigrid Agril in 1932. In 2002, in Swedish esotericist Thomas Carlson popularized this Uther runic row. Um, which he refers to as the night side of the runes in the context of modern occultism. I believe that is Carlson. Carlson, sorry. Um, Thomas Carlson. <coughs> the Bluetooth logo is the combination of two runes of the younger Futhark, um, which is Hagal and Bjarkin, um, equivalent to the letters H and B that are the initials of ha- Harold um, Blatant, uh, which is, that's the guy who invented Bluetooth, um, who was a king of Denmark from the Viking Age. Never mind, he was the king of Denmark of the Viking Age. <laughs> Shows how much I know. So here's where my little nerdy heart does a little thump. So J.R.R. Tolkien, the contemporary fi- and contemporary fiction. In J.R.R. Tolkien's novel, The Hobbit, 1937, the Anglo-Saxon runes are used on a map to emphasize its connection to the dwarves. They also were used in the initial drafts of The Lord of the Rings, but later were replaced by the uh, Surth rune-like alphabet invented by Tolkien, used to write the language of the dwarves. Kuzul. Following Tolkien, historical and fictional runes appear commonly in modern popular culture, particularly in fantasy literature, but also in other forms of media, such as video games. For example, the 1992 video game Heimdall uh, used it as magical symbols associated with unnatural forces, and role-playing games such as metagaming's The Fantasy Trip which used rune-based cipher for clues and jokes throughout its little 
its publication. My my little my little nerdy heart goes all of the stuff that Stephanie and I just said uh, was got from uh, Wikipedia actually uh, about runes. Rune stones, sometimes cards, are used as a tool of divination, a way to predict one's future. Rune stones come instead of 24 ancient alphabetic symbols. They can be made of different materials, wood or glass, most common and attractive, and usually kept in a pouch or box. They usually come with a book of instructions defining the symbols. They define the symbols, yet I still don't understand how to use them. Ideally, runes are cast on an east-west axis or facing the sun uh, on a white cloth. A white cloth is laid down and used to determine the direction of the casting. From here, the focus should be lie with the pressing question. After casting the stones onto the cloth, the ones which have fallen um, to the right side up are red and depending upon whether the rune is reversed or not will have a bearing upon its meaning and the reading as a whole. <laughs> An alternative to casting the rune stones is pick a rune stone randomly for a day reading. You can also do what is known as the three rune spread. Some feel that the day rune is a good way to get an answer to a single question. The three rune spread is used for asking um, broader questions, whereas the single rune can be drawn as a daily basis. I think I'm going to post on our Facebook page um, at least this point. I was going to say, I think it's probably best if you post. Yeah. So yeah. You can kind of, so they can kind of see what I'm talking about when I talk about each one. So these are meanings and interpretations yep. of each stone, uh, and they are uh, fihu, uh, or cattle, which is abundance through effort, inheritance of self and self-value, a material gain, earned income, success, happiness and wealth, and reversed, it is abandonment of plans, loss, disappointment, and frustration. Ruse, ooh, meaning brute strength. Uh, strength, home, love on all sides, health, changes, um, a forcible masculine archetype, and reverse meaning missed abilities, weak willpower, and lack of motivation. Thurs as uh, is seeking of the future, opening the door or gate to see the future, luck, reflection, or action, protection, uh, you will see the truth. Reversed, not willing to heed information given, having a stubborn mindset. Ooh, I was just called out in that one. <laughs> On Sue's um, reference to the ancestral god Odin, message from within, listen to your little voice, advice from others, chance encounters, careful um, thoughts, so you will know what to do from this point in time. And reversed, watch out for trickery. The dark side of yourself when others are interfering with your plans or there is failed communication. Ride who, <laughs> which is journey. You are embarked to, uh, you are about to embark on a journey, either in the physical world or a journey of your soul to heal something that needs healing. Reversed is unexpected, unpleasant journey, transit problems, upsetting plans, and loss of tickets and communication. The Kinaz, uh, it's a beacon or a torch. When you feel in the dark, um, when you feel in the dark, this rune will bring an opening to help you open to who you are and your highest possibilities from the darkness. Um, light will come. Reverse its withdrawal, anxiety, closing, and loss. Gemo is gift of harmonic relationships, unity with self and all others, especially with our higher selves, nature and all things around us, cannot be reversed because it is an actual X. So there's Ooh. no reversal of this. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you read that in reverse? Right. Wunjo. Wunjo, W or V, meaning bliss and glory. You do not need anybody. Peace, pleasure, self-worth, joy, and Serenity, happy results, harmony, prosperity, reverse meaning sorrow, satisfaction, disappointment, friction, delay, possession by higher forces. 
Agalas, which is um, yeah. destruction for destructive forces. This refers to the destructive forces of nature and things that are out of our control. Again, this looks like an H, so it cannot be reversed. Cannot be reversed. So the no who is. Um, the negatives of human needs, caution, hold, coming in touch with a side of you that you may not like, resistance, distress, delay, constraint or restraint, reflect on how bad things you can, uh, things can appreciate what you have, reverse improper course of action, think twice before acting, and don't make hasty judgments. Lisa, I, ice, frozen in time, calm, non-action, everything on hold, Letting go of ego and seeking your inner truths. You are blocked by your emotions. And again, this is like an uppercase, like I, like it's like a lowercase L. So it cannot be reversed. Yeah. I see myself um, getting all these. Jera, J or Y. Yeah. The cycle of one year, reaping of a reward when your world seems strut or stagnant. Harvest the seeds you have planted, gain fruition, things happening in their own time space when they are supposed to, cannot be reversed. This looks like it's straight off of that game. Um, you know what I'm talking about, the card game, right? Yeah. Meaning yeah. Re like reverse? Yeah. Yeah. Ewas or EI, U tree, uh, stability, doing the right things, patience, perseverance, endurance, uh, decided what is the right way to get things accomplished in your life. Again, this one cannot be reversed. Perthro, um, initiation, things unexplained, something hidden. Uh, heretic or mystery room pointing to that which is beyond our frail manipulative powers. Perth is associated with the phoenix, the mystical bird which consumes itself in the fire, rises from its own ashes. Its ways um, are secret and hidden, and powerful forces of change are at work here. Yet what is achieved is not easily or readily shared. After all, becoming whole means of it is a profound secret. On the side of the earthly or mundane, there may well be surprises, gains or rewards that you did not anticipate. On the side of human nature, this rune is symbolized by the flight of the eagle. Soaring flight, free from entanglement, lifting yourself above the endless ebb and flow of ordinary life to acquire broader vision. All this is indicated here. Birth stands for the heart of initiation. Nothing, nothing external matters here except as it shows you in its inner reflection. This room is concerned with the deepest uh, stratum of our being, the bedrock on which our destiny is funded. For some, Perth means experiencing some form of death or transition. It is a letting go of everything, no exceptions, no exclusions, nothing less than renewal of the spirit as is at stake. Hidden information and truths, mysteries, esoteric, that which is unknown on a conscious level. It could come into light and you would be under, you would understand the higher meaning of things. Reversed, um, meaning it means events stalled, you need to clear, clear out something, unpleasant surprise. The old way has to come to an end and do not focus on outcomes, nor bind yourself with memories of past achievements or you will orb yourself of the true um, present. When your inner being is shifting and reforming, a deep level of patience, consistence, and perseverance are called for. Do not repeat the old, let it go. The initiation, the veils of delusion are being lifted. Um, let the old ways go. Stay centered, see the humor, and keep faith firm. All guys is it. Spirit guides. Protection fortunate new influences, making the connection with spirit and working through your issues. So Elo, as the sun, the circle is, is uh, completion, wholeness, the sun, the path to awareness and self-knowledge. See your dark side, that which makes you destructive to yourself and others. Seek change to heal, <laughs> be complete with yourself, cannot be reversed. Uh, T was T, Tier, the sky god. Good morning, Brooke. 
to be successful. To be successful in competition, very motivated, finding the spiritual or uh, transcendental self. Reversed, low energy and lack of enthusiasm. That's me right now, lack of enthusiasm. Burkana, the birth goddess. Be prepared, cautious in what you do. Also references your family and home. Reversed. An unfortunate domestic situation. So use caution. Well, fuck. Ewas. E. Ah, fuck. Ewas. E. The sacred horse. The balance of things in the universe. Stability. Move forward carefully, focusing on the tools that will help you get there. Reversed. Sudden unexpected change that is not wanted. COVID. So, Menaz, M, the nature of humanity, the self and its place in the collective consciousness of humanity. We are all part of the collective unconscious. We are all one. Your attitude towards and their attitudes towards you. Take this time to offer personal reflection. Cannot be reversed. That's an interesting one that cannot be reversed because technically it can be reversed. Yeah. Lagus, well, uh, L, or water, <coughs> emotions, the moon, the flow of emotions, and all things into the collective unconsciousness, or unconscious, all bodies of water, Aquarius, feminine energies, higher mind, spirituality, health, and healing, a time of cleansing, reversed, not listening to your inner voice, tackling something you know you should not do, or are not capable of doing. Me, often. Ingwas, NG. Fertility, fertility of the joining of human beings, usually for a new life, a pregnancy. Finish what you are doing, tie up loose ends, and start something new. Cannot be reversed. Daga, dagas. You know that makes sense? Okay, dagas, D. Daylight or dawn. A, a new day beginnings and go to work. You become more insightful, breaking through your new ideas. Light is around you, cannot be reversed. Osala. Oh, ancestral property, inheritance, freedom, and independence through releasing ideas and things that keep you stuck. You will feel free. You will inherit from someone. Reversed. Not letting go of, of um, outmoded ideas and concepts. You will feel stuck. Blank rune, sometimes called Onan's rune. And this is actually like a blank rune. It's got nothing on it. Anything is possible. And yeah. Can yeah. Anything is can happen. Anything is possible and can happen. The sum total of who you are, what you have done, and what you have become. Choose a direction and go for it. The blank rune was added to the others in the 1980s. It shows that as humanity has grown, the possibilities are beyond what was conceived by the original runes. Some people include the blank runes in a reading, while others leave it out. Some people, like, I prefer, and this is speaking from me, I prefer to leave it in there, uh, mainly because that's just me. If you get this rune and you believe in yourself, you can manifest anything. The last part, runic magic in history. There is some evidence that in addition to being a writing system, runes historically served purposes of magic. This is the case from earliest uh, epigraphic evidence of the Roman to Germanic Iron Age with non-linguistic inscriptions and the Alu word. And the Aralys appears to have been a person versed in runes, including their magic applications. Medieval sources, notably the Poetic Ada, the Sigrid, Sigrid Frumal men, mentions victory runes be carved on a sword, some on the uh, grass, grasp and some on the inlay, and name tier twice. In early and more modern times, related folklore and um, superstitions is recorded in the form of the Icelandic magical staffs. In the early 20th century, Germanic mysticism coins new forms of runic magic, some of which are continued or developed further by contemporary adherents of Germanic neo-paganism. Runes have been used in Nazi symbolism by national socialists and neo-Nazi groups that associate themselves with Germanic traditions, mainly the Zagal, Iwas, Tyr, 
Odal, see Odalism, and Olga's uh, runes. The fascination that runes seem to have exerted on the Nazis can be traced to the occult and Volkish author Guido von Litz, one of the important figures in Germanic mysticism and runic revivalism in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, as we spoke about in its history. In 1908, when Litz published his The Secret of the Runes, uh, a set of 18 so-called Armenic runes were based on the younger Futhark, which were allegedly revealed to him in a state of temporary blindness, as we've talked about. This is just in Nazi context, the S rune is referred to as Sig after Litz, possibly from the Anglo-Saxon Saxon Sigel. Uh, the Wolf's Ingle while not a rune historically, has the shape of Lis Gibor rune. Modern systems of runic divinations are based on uh, hermetism, classical occultism, and the I Ching. And those were from uh, crystallinks.com. And that was all we had today for you on runes. Um... But you can email us. Don't forget to get your questions in for our booze um, at um, truenorthwitches at gmail.com. You can also direct message us on Facebook and you can find us there at True North Witches. You can find us on Twitter where we never tweet at True North Witches. You can find us on TikTok where I have officially uploaded uh, doing this little uh, recording session at... <laughs> <laughs> true north witches you can also find us on instagram at true north witches on patreon patreon.com forward slash tnw podcast or just search us up in the search bar as true north witches we also have a website www.truenorthwitches.com and you can also find us on YouTube where there are a few informational videos as well as uh, some trailers, but I've stopped doing the trailers, but you can find that at True North Witches. And also if you follow us on our Facebook page, please take a look at our other social medias. We want to be able to post longer videos on YouTube, so please follow us there. Yes, please do because um, the algorithm only likes 15 minutes at this point. So if you want to see fully our episodes on YouTube, um, I was thinking of maybe editing them in the video aspect um, and putting them up there. But at the moment, I can't because they are so long. Um, so please, yes, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, but that is all we had for you for this week. Um, we will see you in the next week. And um, again, it is kind of on... Because we have had such a weird February with um, both our creepy cast and our double trouble, one right after the other, we are doing as a free for all. So there is no theme for this month, um, but we will see you in the next episode next week, which is, and I, I promise to get 40 out as soon as I can. <laughs> you have a wonderful week, witches, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Blessed be. See you soon. Bye.